You are at Common House with your friends. Okay. And you see me at another table with my friends. Mm-hmm. And you want to say something to me. You want to approach me. You want to talk to me. Mm-hmm. What do you do? Say, damn, shorty. <laughs> Hello and welcome everyone. Happy Friday. This is the Ride Home Podcast and my name is Abby. And I'm Caitlin. Both of us are the type of people who absolutely hate the icebreaker where you have to like talk about yourself. It's just the worst. So we decided that instead we are going to introduce each other. Caitlin, tell me about me. So we're married. We're recently married. We actually are getting ready to celebrate our six-month wedding anniversary Mm -hmm. if that's a thing i don't know if we do that we don't Um, we don't we don't it's cute but we don't yeah like most people probably do i mean we might like high five yeah we'll say it's our six month wedding anniversary like wow that's crazy let's start with the real simple facts abby is a gemini (laughs) you really let off with a kicker you gotta start with (laughs) let's get that right on the table to begin with abby is a gemini if you are a person who maybe subscribes not to Zodiacs, but perhaps to the Enneagram. We also do that. So Abby is an Enneagram 8. And possibly the most Enneagram 8 <laughs> to ever Enneagram 8. Abby is a two-time Emmy Award winner. She earned those Emmys by being an amazing video editor. Did I do okay? Did I describe you well? I think so, yeah. I think more important to our six months of marriage is actually the time that we have known each other. So we went to college together and we have known each other for 12 years now. Yeah, going on 12 years. 12 years. And we did go to college together. Um, Caitlin studied psychology um, at the sales and eventually went to grad school and got her master's in school counseling. So she is now a, God bless her, a middle school counselor. This is correct. Um, so Caitlin is also a very talented baker, um, a former opera singer. She is a very creative person, a Capricorn, <laughs> but also an Enneagram 2 so particular and bougie but will literally shred the clothing off her back her brand name clothing and give it to whoever needs it that's that's they probably wanted it more than me anyways so they can just have it so if you're here i hope you like movies because that's literally all that we're going to talk about we are people who go to the movies once a week It's been a tradition of ours for probably the last three years, I would say. Um, This is not sponsored, but we do have Regal Crown Club memberships. Regal Unlimited. Um, Excuse me. Yes, Regal Unlimited. Um, Totally worth it if you are a moviegoer. This, again, is not sponsored, but maybe... But I mean, Regal, you can sponsor us. Like, Regal, sponsor us. Thank you. It's It's the planet fitness of movie memberships. Really and truly it is. You pay... We'll just say what it is. It's $22 a month. You see unlimited movies. You get 10% off of your concessions. 
I can't, like, I physically can't go to the movies without getting popcorn. Um, even if I just ate, like, an entire full course it's true. entree from a Mexican restaurant. Because we actually have done that We before. have done that. I ate two full burritos <laughs> at a Mexican restaurant that were doused in queso. And then we went to a movie and I ate popcorn. But the funniest part was that, like, as we were walking into the theater, I was like, man, I'm stuffed. Like, I couldn't even imagine having popcorn. I was like, I can. <laughs> we literally just walked. We open up the door and I just got a whiff of the popcorn. And I think I, like, looked over at you. And I was just like, I mean. Yeah, we're doing it. We're getting the popcorn. Right. It's happening. So, anyways, all of that to say, we go to the movies every week and Part of the experience, which is why we decided to start this podcast, is that ride home when you get out of the theater and you're with your friend or your significant other or just alone with your thoughts. The entire ride home from the theater, unless you're a literal psychopath, (laughs) is spent processing processing and, and talking about that movie. Our idea for this podcast was to physically bring you inside of our car. Caitlin's going to try not to crash. Okay, we didn't talk about that before the podcast. <laughs> I didn't know that I was going to be the driver. I think it's fine. Um, I am a little bit of a distractible driver. That's true. Maybe I should teach um, you audio. Honestly, I probably... tag ADHD. I might trust you more with audio than I do with a car. So that sounds fine. I think that's probably for the best for everyone's sake. Yeah. Because who the hell knows Yeah. what would happen. So now that we got... I guess the business out of the way, the and the biz. I don't really know. The introductions, the formalities out of the way. What we would like to try and do is a quick run through, overview, share our thoughts with you about the movies we've seen so far in 2022. How many movies have we actually seen so far? So do you have a number? Yes, we've seen 11 movies so far. Okay. All right, so the first movie that we saw um, was something that I was personally very excited about. One of our um, mutually shared favorite genres of horror is 90s Yes, we love it. So being that that is one of our favorite horror genres, we were both very excited about the new Scream. Scream remake. Right off the bat, what I'm going to say about Scream is that if anybody is a horror fan and they saw... (laughs) The unfortunate Halloween remake (laughs) that came out in 2021. Bleak. Bleak. Terrible. Disappointing. What I will say about this Scream movie is that it was exactly what that Halloween movie was trying to be. Mm -hmm. And I think they did a really good job. Yeah, I thought they nailed it. I loved it. It was like a nice, for me, it was like the perfect amount of nostalgia Mm -hmm. and the perfect amount of like, this is a modern day horror movie. I think what I appreciated too was that the Scream cast from the original has touched each one so far. And so they had a little bit more (laughs) of like a fluid incorporation into the film Mm -hmm. than some other movies that kind of force feed you the old cast. They're like, and all of a sudden, after 30 years, (laughs) here he is. And it's like, no. Yeah. I will say one critique that I do have of this new Scream 
is that they casted a really good charismatic group of kids to play mm -hmm. the high school students, but then didn't give us any introduction yeah. to them. Unfortunately, it is a horror movie. People do die. Right. But part of the reason why you connect so well to those 90s horror movies is because like you've got these like spunky, funny, quirky and cute characters that get brutally murdered. And I felt like they had so much opportunity with the actors that they cast, but didn't yeah. fully develop their characters. Yeah, because it was really, it's just kind of like, okay, here's Emma. And it was yeah. just like, who's Emma? Yeah. We don't know, but now and it, we don't And it know. turned into a whodunit where you were supposed to figure out which of the kids was the murderer. Right. But, but we knew nothing about any of them. We knew nothing about any of them. So it was probably... Had no context clues to do that. Right. So I thought that the best thing that they did was incorporate the characters that we already knew and they did that very well yeah. and they brought the nostalgia and they brought the vibes and they brought the gore the scares but unfortunately where it did lack was that character development of the new people what score would you give it how are we scoring what is my scoring measure i guess your metric you of scoring. metric of scoring movies um we'll do a small medium or large popcorn oh my god Okay, I would say like a medium popcorn. It's definitely a medium popcorn. Yeah. It's worth the view. Yeah. But I don't think you need to like rush to see it. No, you don't have to see it actually see ever. It, especially if you're not into horror. Yeah, then don't. All right. And so moving on to the second movie that we saw. <gasps> Moonfall. Moonfall. Oh my God. Okay, so Moonfall, the synopsis of Moonfall is the world stands on the brink of annihilation. When a mysterious force knocks the moon from its orbit and sends it hurtling towards a collision course with the Earth. I'm going to precurse this review with a very upfront bias. Okay. I love disaster movies. We both love we disaster both movies. We both love disaster movies. And I am going to fully admit that my review is going to be wildly biased because of that. What are we sitting at for the tomato meter on this one it's a 38 percent Ooh, i think that's wrong i feel like that's wrong too and the thing about any disaster movie is that this isn't actually happening no okay we're not having this actual realistic moment that could happen tomorrow no. like it is fantasy based in it the real full world fantasy yes I think one of the issues that critics were having with it was that they didn't explain the reasons for the moon falling into the earth but like, properly. Okay. But here's the thing. You don't have to have that description. Exactly. You don't need that explanation because that's not what disaster movies are about. Disaster movies are about like, how ridiculous could this possibly get? Mm-hmm. Like, what is the craziest thing you could think of? And it's the moon, like, collapsing on the Earth. Literally, there are shots where, like, the moon looks like it's, like, 10 feet away from the Earth. Yeah. And it's, it's terrifying awesome. and awesome. We already have established that that's not going to happen. So we don't have to have some fake reason of why that's happening. Right. Like, okay, NASA, calm down. <laughs> I think as long as you suspend reality, you lower your expectations put them on the floor put them honestly. on the floor because this is a, again we're going to remind you this is a disaster movie 
I will say that for the general public, it is a medium popcorn. Okay. For someone that loves disaster movies, I absolutely loved it. So I also love disaster movies, but I think I'm going to put it at a medium for myself. I would, I absolutely would love to watch it again. The visuals were really incredible, but the conspiracy theorist mm -hmm. was a little bit annoying to me. Uh -huh. Um, and so that is really the main reason that I'm going to give it a medium. But also, can we briefly just discuss how Halle Berry looks incredible for her age? Yeah, we didn't know that she was in her 50s. Hasn't aged a day. She's like aging in reverse, we think. Also, Patrick Wilson, man, I'm a sucker. God, I love Patrick Wilson. He literally could just like... He can get it. Oh, I didn't know we were going that direction with it. I mean... But we're going yes. in that direction. Zaddy Wilson. Zaddy Wilson did such a great job. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> I'm laughing because I just pulled up the next movie. And I saw what it is. With enough champagne to fill the Nile. <laughs> and if you haven't guessed what we're talking about by now, the movie is Death on the Nile. Death on the Nile. Has a Rotten Tomato score of 62%. First of all, how? That's why we saw it. Because we were like, oh, well, I guess it's, it's pretty decent. good. It, it wasn't, though. It isn't good. I believe it is a Agatha Christie novel. Is it? Okay. Yes, it that is. tracks. Because um, that's her character. The first movie that they did with Hercule was Murder on the Orient, Orient Express, which okay. is also Agatha Christie. Which we did not see. No, um, Kenneth Branagh, they gave him, I'm sure he's described as having a mustache in the novels, but the, the mustache that they gave him was offensive. It was the most ridiculous mustache. They made the first 15 minutes of the movie about his mustache. Do yes, they did. That? Yeah. And then it was so distracting the whole time. It was like, okay, now all we see is his mustache. They literally spent the first at least 10 minutes. The whole intro of the movie wasn't about the murder. It wasn't mm -hmm. about the mystery. It wasn't about the boat. It was about his mustache and why he has one. Odd choice. The whole movie for me was just a no. The whole movie was very badly directed. The visuals were very cheap. Yeah. It felt like you were on a soundstage. And like the whole thing takes place outside in Egypt, but nothing <laughs> felt real about no, it. No, it didn't feel Egypt. Guess what the budget for this movie was? In like a hundred million dollars. 90, so you're close. How? So they spent 90 what million dollars. What did they spend the money Honestly, on? Honestly, they probably that spent it- ship? Probably on Gal Gadot. Which like, okay, a little bit worth it. It was worth it because we got to see her for two hours, Correct. is what I'm saying. That's. I also like agree. a budget well spent, but like they probably also had to spend a lot of money <laughs> on the cover up of like having Army Hammer in their movie. This is Army Hammer's last movie. What a film to go out on! What a what a this terrible trash film to go ass out. Agatha Christie movie. <laughs> his career down the drain. Dude, his career was in the Nile Her with the champagne. Yes shocking bright side of death on the nile which i was not expecting was russell brand was actually pretty good yeah we liked him he was probably the only bright spot of the entire thing wow well that's really really all we probably have to say is that's that russell brand was the <laughs> highlight of the movie so 
close the chapter on that one. So the score that I'm going to give Death on the Nile is burnt popcorn. <laughs> I was going to say like half a bag of small popcorn. Half a bag of small popcorn. Okay, what do we see next? Our next movie is Uncharted. Okay. I obviously am a big fan of video games, but I have not actually played the Uncharted series. Right. I didn't even know it was a video game until we were sitting in the movie theater. Correct. And I think I got you in the theater, not for the Rotten Tomato score, because it is a 40%. I think I got you in the theater because I said, hey, Tom Holland is in a movie. That is exactly what happened. <laughs> you said it's Tom Holland and then also Mark Wahlberg. And I was like, huh? And then I said, okay, let's yeah. go. So treasure hunter Victor Sullivan recruits street smart Nathan Drake to help him recover a 500-year-old fortune amassed by explorer Ferdinand Magellan. What are your thoughts on this movie? At face value for what it is, just a little adventure type of a movie, <laughs> um, I thought it was fine. Yeah. I thought it was fun. Also, I just think since we already talked about Tom Holland, I think we'll just say he was too good to be in this movie. Way too good to be in yeah. this movie. I'm kind of shocked that he wa that he took I that role. I'm shocked too. But I think what was great was the action scenes mm -hmm. were amazing. Yeah, I thought that they were great. the choreography of the fights and the action was great. And there's a scene with no spoilers, I'm just going to say, of like two boats flying in the air mm -hmm. tied to helicopters with people fighting mm -hmm. from boat to boat like a pirate fight. In yeah. the air. It's like actually insane. And on the flip side of the action scenes being amazing, but the story not being so great, was another adventure movie that we saw, which was The Lost City. That movie had a little less impressive action, but it was still a search for a treasure. It, it was, was still, you know, some... In a tropical land. In a, in a tropical environment. Yeah. with some hints of like old history involved yes. kind of like a little national treasure yeah. type um however this one had one of the best on-screen chemistries i've ever seen yes like channing tatum and sandra bullock if you told me that they left that movie like married i would believe you yeah it was wild i did not expect that at mm -mm. all. I have always been the person that was like, how did Channing Tatum get a career? Right. Like, I will say, from the, from the, what is it, Step Up? Not Step yes. Up. Is it Step, step Up? up. Yeah. <laughs> like, from Step Up. I was always like, he's not that good looking. He's not that no, charming. I, he's not mm -mm. that special. Mm -mm. He kind of was special in this. He was special in this. He proved himself you in this I yeah feel. well you were like lusting after brad pitt yeah well like of course i mean who doesn't right but in this particular movie i remember like halfway through you leaned over to me and you're like i think like brad pitt is like the oldest guy i'm attracted to i love brad pitt <laughs> we'll just maybe have a whole episode where i can talk about how much i love brad pitt yes but he was amazing in it he looked amazing in it and guys the villain in this movie is harry potter you're himself. a villain harry <laughs> <laughs> honestly though he was great he 
played the perfect, I mean, who in real life are the worst villains? To me, it's spoiled rich, rich white boys. Yes, uh-huh. And he played that perfectly. perfectly. It was his way or the highway. It's yeah. his world. We're just living in it. And if he doesn't get what he wants, everyone's going to have to pay for it. Correct. Are we describing someone that we all know? Yes. yes. He was just like a fucked up rich white guy. I think the only issue that I had was I I filmed, film majored a little too hard and I looked a little too close at some scenes. Yeah. And <laughs> let's just say the green screen was not where yeah. it could have been which is where like uncharted definitely beat it out was sure. the was the, the visuals. visuals sure there was a scene that they were standing on a mountain and like <laughs> the color temperature of like their skin versus the background was so wildly different and also the background was completely in focus so like oops yeah so we did it <clears throat> popcorn score uncharted so we're let's, gonna popcorn score well, both of them that's yeah. what i'm saying let's popcorn score them together yeah um, Uncharted for me was a small popcorn. Same. The Lost City, however, that is something I would put on to fall asleep to. Yeah. Easily. So I'm a medium popcorn for The Lost City. Correct. Me too. Yeah. It's like, definitely, I liked it definitely better than Uncharted. It is such a unique movie. Yeah, it really was. Another movie that we saw that came out of nowhere with its humor was X. X is an A24, which if you are a movie geek, A24 yes. is right now like the really nice coffee shop mm-hmm. in your town. Like this isn't Starbucks. This isn't no. Dunkin'. This is like A24 makes like lavender lattes. Yes, 100%. I love what they produce. And this was a horror movie that they released in early March. A group of actors sets out to make an adult film in rural Texas under the noses of their reclusive hosts. But when the elderly couple catches their young guests in the act, the cast finds themselves in a desperate fight for their lives. Mm-hmm. So it takes place in the 70s. And yes. first and foremost, it literally, like, it drops you in the 70s. I felt like I was watching a movie that was filmed in the I was the just going to say, it almost felt like it was made in the 70s. Yes. Which, Which was cool. was amazing because I absolutely adore 70s horror. Mm-hmm. And it from the second that movie started and they were like all piling into a van, driving yeah. together to a thing and stopping at like an old rundown gas station. Mm-hmm. I was like, this is my shit. Like this yeah. is, I'm, I'm here for it. That's like your favorite kind of horror movie. Yeah, it is. Like it kind of had the vibe of it's not at summer camp, but sort of like the Friday the 13th movies. Sure. Um I love a horror movie personally. This it might this might sound really messed up to other people, but like I love a horror movie that makes a joke out of the kill. You know, I actually do too. And the reason I do for me and Enneagram too, horror movies can sometimes be a little intense for me yeah. as far as like my psyche. Mm-hmm. And so a kill that's like a joke kill. Mhm like helps me like get out of that sort of adrenaline rush of being in a horror movie yes and it kind of breaks that up for me yes and i love that and i think when i was going into a um like an a24 horror movie thinking that 
Like, I think Hereditary is A24. I was just thinking that, And, like, yeah. Hereditary, like, it's so serious. So and, like, different. has yeah. honestly one of the most shocking oh kills I've ever oh seen God. in my life. Literally, I, like, I jumped out of my seat. Yes. And this movie, for some reason, like, all of the kills were... A little bit funny. A little bit funny. And I was not expecting it. And it was such a wonderful surprise. Now, do you think they did that because it was in the style of 70s? Probably. Or because that's kind of how that horror genre is. Absolutely. I mean, there are some scenes, again, I'm, I'm thinking to you know friday the 13th like there's a there's a very famous kill in the first friday the 13th where like one of the campers throws a cardboard box at the killer right before she gets murdered (laughs) so she's like defending herself fucking against yeah you know the murderer yeah throwing a cardboard box and which is like honestly probably what i would do if i was being killed she's like here's an amazon box please (laughs) in our pile of amazon boxes in our guest room oh my god this movie has a 96 percent on rotten tomatoes and it has a large popcorn for me and it's a it's a fully stacked popcorn for me yeah it's a bucket of popcorn large bucket of popcorn definitely suggests especially if you're in the horde there are i will say it is pretty gory it is um Obviously, it is about people filming porn, so... Yeah, also graphic in that Also graphic sense. in that context. Um, so, don't show your children. No, please don't. But... I don't want to have to counsel them afterwards. No. But if you are over the age of 18 and you have a solid stomach and a dark sense of humor, this movie is right up your alley. 100%. Moving honestly and upfront from one large popcorn to another... We're just going to be upfront with this. Yeah. The Batman. 100%. The Batman is my favorite Batman movie ever made. And on top of that, mm-hmm. is also my favorite superhero movie ever made. Oh my God. You have been working up to being able to say I've been, that. I've been working up to be able to say the second part. The first yeah. part, like, I, it was pretty immediate after the movie ended. I was like, that's the best Batman movie I've ever seen. Yeah. The second part, it's taken me some time, but I've mentally now compared it to every superhero movie I've ever mm-hmm. seen. Knocks them and all out of the water. At. Yeah. I have to say, I feel the same way. I really don't know enough about the other Batman movies to be able to compare it to them, but it is definitely my favorite superhero movie. From what I've seen from internet reaction after was that it was a very polarizing movie. And I know a friend of ours actually came to see the movie with us. And after it ended, he kind of like, we were both like, oh my God, it's amazing. And he was just like, that's not what I was expecting. And what I loved about it was they also let Batman play detective. Which, okay, so I didn't know that that was actually a part of like, I guess the story of Batman in the comic books. But I think that's super cool. And they really highlighted that part of him in Mm -hmm. this movie which i thought was really cool like it was fun to watch him be a detective you also were kind of being a detective with him Mm -hmm. which was like kind of like a little bit interactive which for a three-hour movie we gotta have something correct it did not feel like a three-hour movie to me no and i have adhd and i don't (laughs) like to sit still so i sat still for three hours and i watched it and i loved it so you can too and I will say that I enjoyed Riddler mm-hmm. as a villain more than I think I ever have the Joker Me character. too. 
And one, because Paul Paul Dano. Yeah. (laughs) He is not the Jim Carrey Riddler. Right? He is not comical. He is not (laughs) the comic book Riddler. He is not what you think of as the Riddler. He is the definition of a toxic, egocentric Mm -hmm. internet incel. Troll. Could be a real person. Yeah, absolutely. The scenes where the Riddler is communicating with his followers mm-hmm. and like you see the message boards yeah. and they're all these incels that are like, you know, we've been silent for too yes. long. They've oh ignored us for too long. It felt like I was reading like a really deep, deep web, deep yeah. web, like deep cut Reddit post. Uh-huh. And I thought it was just an, an absolute 10 out of 10. Me too. Large bucket of popcorn. Can't say enough th- good things about it. Honestly. Extra salty, extra butter. Grab Ugh. all the napkins. A large Coke too. Oh my God. Like a fountain Coke. Yes. Yeah, so now crisp. I want all of those things. I know, right? Damn it. Our next movie that we saw is something that Caitlin, coming out of the theater, had a very different reaction than I did. So I'm interested to see what you think of it now yes. that you've had some time to think about it. Yes. So Everything Everywhere All at Once, also an A24 movie. And when it was released, it immediately had like a 99% mm-hmm. on Rotten Tomatoes. It's down to 97% right now. Um The synopsis is, when an interdimensional rupture unravels reality, an unlikely hero must channel her newfound powers to fight bizarre and bewildering dangers from the multiverse as the fate of the world hangs in the balance. This movie stars Michelle Yeoh, and I was in so much shock at how original it was, Mm. how funny it was, how technically impressive it Mm -hmm. was. Um, I think I the first thing I said to you after was that's going to win the Oscar for editing. Uh-huh. And as an editor, watching that movie, it literally hurt my brain. Th- like Thinking see, about how they did that. Thinking about how they yeah. did that. It does involve a multiverse. And so you are literally slipping in and out of dimensions during active scenes where they are giving very meaningful real funny performances while slipping in and out of different dimensions. And I've never seen anything like it, and I don't think I ever will again. And if someone tries to replicate it, I'm sure it's not going to be anything close to that. It can't. No. No. It can't. Now, you had a different reaction coming out of the theater. I did. And I don't know if it was just like I was just like not in the mood that day Mm -hmm. or if – I was just not feeling particularly open-minded that day or whatever it was. But honestly, like, when I walked out, I'm just going to, like, say I hated it. I know. You did. And. I remember I was, like, mad at you yeah, hating it. And like, I was, like, <laughs> Abby was, like, so mad at me. And then I was, like, oh, my God, like, maybe I shouldn't hate it. But I really did hate it. And, like, mm-hmm. I really think that. Because of the way I process things, the reason I hated it is because I really could not process it mm-hmm. in the moment. 
And I hated it because I didn't get it in the moment. And Mm -hmm. it was bothering me. And multiverse shit really fucks with my head. Yeah. And I have a hard time understanding it. Yeah. Which, if you don't know, people with ADHD, we don't do well with, like, surreal or Mm -hmm. things that are, like, kind of grandiose. It's, like, hard for us. Yeah. And so I think in the moment, my brain was so overwhelmed by what Mm -hmm. I saw that I really couldn't process it. And so my initial reaction was just, I didn't like it. I think your initial reaction was like overstimulation. Yeah. But here we are two weeks later mm-hmm. and I have had time to process it. And I have had time to think more about it. And I, I no longer hate it. Good. Okay. I'm glad um, you're going to have to watch it again. And I want to watch it again because now that I've had time to process it, I think I need to see it a second time to really appreciate it mm-hmm. for what it is. But I did say, we do have to say, although I hated it, quote unquote, in the moment, yeah. I absolutely could appreciate the technicality of it. Incredible. And I absolutely could appreciate the actor's performances. What the part about it, I guess, that I really love the most is just how much... It exposed humanity mm-hmm. and also family dynamics. The choices that they made were so risky. And yeah. if they didn't have the story that they had mm-hmm. underneath it, it, it wouldn't have worked. It wouldn't have worked. And it had some very boyish humor. But at the same time, because it was grounded by this mm-hmm. story mm-hmm. between this family... Yeah. I think it tied it all together in such a really unique way. Let me just go again on record for saying I do not hate this movie. No. I love this movie. I'm I'm astounded by this movie. Um like Abby said, it's we'll probably never see anything like this ever again. No. I'm going to go out on a limb here and say that based on the originality, based on mm-hmm. everything about it, the storyline, the acting, Michelle is going to get a best actress oh win yeah editing it's gonna be a win mm-hmm. best picture honestly should be should a win. be a win directing should be a win yeah and honestly i would also give the father a best act a best supporting actor yeah. i would yeah. give him an, a nomination and possibly a win and the daughter a nomination yeah. 2022 has been a great it start. has it really has so What's super interesting is that I wasn't planning on talking about this movie tonight because we didn't actually see it in the theater, right? but I am going to briefly bring up Turning Red, which is the direct-to-Disney-plus Pixar release um, that, shockingly, was the same movie as Everything Everywhere All at Once. Yeah, it's like the cartoon (laughs) Pixar version of everything, everywhere, all at once. Explored really the same themes of like relationship between mother and daughter. Mm-hmm. Wanting to be different than what your parents want you to be. Mm-hmm. Like, it's like so crazy how similar they were. Turning Red, also a large bucket of popcorn. Yeah, same. We've had a lot, That's, a lot of larges. I have to say Turning Red is one of my favorite Pixar movies. Yeah. I loved it. I yeah. enjoyed it so much. The humor was amazing. Um, it was set in the early 2000s. Yeah, right? Which that is like perfect. when we were in middle school. Yeah. And so it just felt so right. So it was really cool. So our next movie was a complete shock to both of us, I think. 
Maybe the shock of, of a the, lifetime. Of a lifetime? Probably. <laughs> yes. The unbearable weight of massive talent. Also, you can kindly refer to it as the Nicolas Cage. The Nicolas Cage, Cage, Cage movie. movie. Yeah. Where Nicolas Cage plays Nicolas Cage. This was the funniest movie I have seen in years. Mm-hmm. I can't think of a time that I laughed this hard in a movie, to be honest Correct. with you. We were, like, laughing. The whole audience was yes. laughing out, out loud. loud. Like, cackling. Yes. Not only was it one of the funniest movies I've seen. Right. It was actually a very well done movie. Yeah. And I think what really threw us off was that as moviegoers, we get force fed the same trailers every single week. <laughs> yes. So there's like a package of trailers that we've seen <sighs> for months now. And it's been the Jackass trailer. Thank God that one's over. Morbius. Fucking Morbius. And this movie. Yes. And every we time. were every single time this trailer played, we were just like, what? is that like why yeah. is that even a movie i have always thought that pedro pascal was mm-hmm. a little bit of an overrated actor sure. i yeah have never really understood the appeal or no. the draw i've never found him attractive i know a mm-hmm. lot of people mm-hmm. thirst after him gross but i loved him in this movie yeah and he and nicholas cage had just unbelievable yes. comedic chemistry yes incredible it was so good it was so good definitely a large bucket, a of, large popcorn. bucket of popcorn i'll watch it again so very drastically different <laughs> so different from the unbearable weight of massive talent that you could possibly get is our last movie that we saw uh just this past thursday the northman mm-hmm. so Prince Amleth is on the verge of becoming a man when his father is brutally murdered by his uncle who kidnaps the boy's mother. Two decades later, Amleth is now a Viking who raids Slavic villages. He soon meets a seeress, seeress who reminds him of his vow, save his mother, kill his uncle, avenge his father. Mm-hmm. A.K.A. It's Hamlet. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> and like had no expectations going into it because I don't even think I saw a trailer beforehand. Mm, nope. I didn't either. And I just know that I saw in my Regal app, there's like the movies mm-hmm. that are out. Right. And I know that there's just a picture of Alexander Skarsgård <laughs> just completely ripped out of his mind. Right. Carrying an axe. And I was like, I wonder what that is. And when it came out, it had pretty decent reviews and 89% on Rotten Tomatoes. And so, again, I said, hey, Caitlin, how's a good Rotten Tomatoes score? I am a slut for a tomato meter because (laughs) on an average day, if you told me that this was the Nordic version of Hamlet Mm -hmm. and it was going to be about Vikings and people killing each other and fighting and da-da-da, Without a tomato meter, I would not have seen this movie. Never. I would have seen it by myself. You would have seen it because you love that shit. Yeah. I don't love that shit. Yeah. It's like, I'll watch it. But when you said it's an 89%, I was like, oh. What really got me too is that like I absolutely am in love with Anya Taylor-Joy. She was so great in The Last Night in Soho. Mm -hmm. And also we both love Queen's Gambit. I think everybody did. She's so 
Like, the second that she's on screen, you're just, like, captured, captured by her. Quick, this is not a spoiler, but I know that in the description you read, mm-hmm. you said that Amleth meets a Cirrus. It's not Anya Taylor-Joy. No. Nope. The Cirrus is Bjork. Didn't know. We didn't know at all. She looks like a but badass, it though. makes fucking sense. What was funny was that, like, as the movie was going... I sometimes like during movies when we're sitting there, like I'll occasionally like look at you to try and like get your reaction. I actually didn't look at you during this movie because I was so worried that you were hating every second of it. Really? And I felt guilty that I was enjoying it. And I remember whenever the credits ended, I literally, I didn't say a single thing uh-huh. and you just go... Well, that was fucking badass. And I was like, (laughs) (laughs) because Um, you don't typically like loud. I really don't usually like stuff like that. It was beautiful. It was. It was a beautiful movie. It was beautifully shot. Um, The landscape of everything was beautiful. The costumes were beautiful. The people were beautiful. Mm -hmm. Um, so it was visually amazing for me yeah. to see. And I think because, like, I'm a little bit of, like, a dumb bitch when it comes to Shakespeare. Like, I didn't pick up on the fact that it was Hamlet. Right. So I was just like, wow, this is a great story. Which is funny because the rest, <laughs> the rest of the cast really, like, laid into, like, Amleth. Like, they were like, Amleth. Yeah. There were scenes with Nicole Kidman where she straight up called him Hamlet. She was like, Hamlet. <laughs> Hamlet, what are you doing? I was like, wait a second. <laughs> I it was in a scene with her when she said she was it was as he was a boy, she called him Hamlet. And I was like, wait, I thought his name was Amlet. You're like, wait, is and this, she was she's fucking play about us. <laughs> I, I think Nicole Kidman misread the script and she was like, Oh, it's about Hamlet, so I'm just gonna say Hamlet. Um for me. I mean, I'm not going to say it was a large bucket of popcorn. No. I think it's still a medium because I don't know if I would ever see it again. Right. But I really do think it's a theater movie. It's a theater movie. It's 100%. 100% a theater movie. And it just wouldn't play the same at home. Nope. It would I mean, not. Unless you have like an in-home theater. Which with like surround sound you. and... Like, yeah. can we come over and watch the Northman with you? Right. Like, other than that, no. Mm-mm. Yeah, you gotta go to the theaters for that one. When you see it, hopefully, in a theater, give it time. Yeah. Let it play out a little bit. It needs time to show you that it's not it's not Lord of the Rings. No. So it's not high no. fantasy. No. And it's also not historical. No, not it's at all. It's something in the middle and mm-hmm. you need to take it for what it is and not yeah. look too deep at whether or not it's realistic or whether or not it's like full fantasy. Full fantasy. You just had to like kind of let it have its little weird moments, but I think the weird quirky moments mm-hmm. like that is kind of what made it the movie. Yeah. And I think kind of what made it enjoyable for me, a person who doesn't particularly love mm-hmm. Viking battle scenes for two hours so and i think without spoiling anything maybe the best sword fight i've ever seen yeah it was a dope sword fight i want to just watch that scene again and again and again and again and again and again yeah it was cool 
Still a medium popcorn. Still a medium popcorn. Still sounds, has, has its Sounds issues. like we really love it, but it is a medium popcorn. <laughs> the way we're talking about it, it's like it's a large, way but it's a medium. Because it gets you so hype. It's so... It is. It's so fucking metal. After the movie, and I, after I disclosed that I did, in fact, like the movie, mm-hmm. and Abby felt that she then had the platform yes. to share her feelings about how she loved the movie, she, I'm pretty sure, was like... I want to go punch someone. Yes. I, I wanted to leave the theater and fight somebody. Yeah. Also, I like how I, like, I, I had to wait a second. And, I like, think I, like, your... scared you away from sharing how you feel after everything, everywhere, I all at once. I think you did. I think I was a little bit, like, nervous about it. Uh-huh. But I have my, like, retractable soapbox that once you gave me the permission, I, like, whipped it out. And it, like, You've expanded. always got that ready. <laughs> at the ready. I will say that um, Alexander Skarsgård's abs get a large bucket of popcorn. Dude, a whole large bucket of popcorn. Actually, you know what they get? Hmm. They get the entire container, like last <laughs> container, glass that they make the popcorn, the popcorn in for me. <laughs> That's what it gets for me. Yeah. It's giving me the whole entire popcorn maker. He is the concession stand. He is the snack. Thanks for spending time with us tonight, guys. It was so awesome to rehash all these movies that we saw so far in 2020. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. Such a great year already for movies. I'm really excited to see where the rest of this year takes us. If you want to, you can roll right into the next episode. We're releasing them at the same time. It's going to be Doctor Strange Multiverse of Madness, and we're super excited to share that and the rest of our reviews with you guys. We'll catch you next time on the ride home. Thank you